Welcome back, everybody, to Finding My Perfect Awkward. And this I'm with Ricky Sanchez, who is a part of the morning show on 107.5 The River. Hi, Ricky. Hi. So happy to talk to you. This is exciting. I'm so happy to talk to you. So I met you at Morning Show Boot Camp. I should yes. say I met you in person on uh, at a Morning Show Boot Camp. Yes. And you, like, even from social media, from afar, or, like, you know exactly, like, your energy enters the room, whether it's virtually or in person, you know when Ricky Sanchez is there because your energy just, like, explodes, <laughs> and it's amazing. Oh, you're too sweet. <laughs> I love hearing that. That's, like, the greatest compliment anyone could ever give you. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's so true. It's so true. You are on 107.5 The River right now. Can you explain to me, like, what part you have in the show and then explain to me your journey of radio and how you got there. Yeah. So I'm third Mike on the morning show. So I'm a co-host on the morning show here with Woody and Jim. Um, I also though do my own morning show with my other co-host on Woody and Jim on Saturdays and I have my own solo show on Sundays. So I'm on the river seven days a week. Wow. Yeah, I also run like all of our social media and things like that. I wear many hats there. Uh, but my main job is the morning show being the co host. Getting to that point uh, was very interesting, as most people in radio tend to have really interesting stories on how they get to where they are, because there's no clear ladder to take. Mm -hmm. You know, in a lot of other industries, it's you start off as an intern and then the next step is like you become an associate type deal or even a step in between that but then you become an associate and then it's like you clearly know where you're climbing the ladder to get to the point that you need to get to radio is so weird and bizarre in the way that there is none of that it's like yep. winging it and just kind of going with it and hoping for the best essentially so I started in radio in college I transferred to Pace University in New York City which is downtown um, and I randomly started my own show there because my RA was the president of the radio station there. And she had said like, Hey, if anybody's interested in joining or learning more about the radio station, come stop by my room. I'd love to tell you about it. So I figured like, Oh, okay. This is a great way for me to meet people. Like I'll just see what this is all about because I had switched from journalism to just communications, like a more broad view of it, because I didn't want to be a writer anymore. Like I wanted to do something else, but still within communications. And so I went to her room, she had one slot open. I started doing my own show. It was an online radio show. And I loved it because I thought it was just so fun to be creative and have my own thing that I get to like put my name on my own entity. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this is so cool. I made zero friends. <laughs> so <that's not> hurt. <laughs> I did not make any friends through the radio station whatsoever. Oh, no. um, but I found my love of radio that way. So I, I love telling this story because this is how I really, really got into radio though. This is where I, I got my first internship. My dad loves when I tell this story too. So I was in college, obviously like doing what college kids do, studying my ass off. And then when I'm not studying my ass off, I'm partying. I'm having a good time. I'm like going out. I'm in New York city. Obviously I'm out on the town, like going to different bars and clubs. Duh. So my dad would come with my grandparents and my little brother once a month. And we would have breakfast at this little breakfast spot right on the corner of where I lived. And this one particular month, 
I drank way too much. I was not okay for this breakfast. Like, girl, I was Mm. struggling, struggling. And my dad calls me out. And he goes, oh, drank a lot last night? And I was like, yeah, definitely drank a lot last night. Like, too much. And he's like, that's cool. Uh, What about, like, internships and stuff? Like, what are you going to do about that? And I was like, um, sir. Like, in my head, I'm like... (laughs) You want to ask me now about this? <laughs> like, I'm and not I'm even like, in my own mind. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't know. And he's like, well, you better figure it out because it's your senior year and you're going to graduate and that's how you're going to get a job is by interning and this and that. And so it's going in on me, right? Like, I'm still half drunk, essentially. And, like, I'm at the point where, like, my head's starting to hurt, though. Like, the drunk is going away and I'm getting hungover and I'm just, like, no, I can't have this conversation right now. So he's like going in this and that, this and that. I get so mad because my dad flunked out of college. He went for one semester and flunked out. So I like get up from the table, haven't even like eaten my breakfast or anything. And I was like, this is really rich coming from the man who flunked out of college. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh no! And I was like, don't be coming at me about this when you don't know what I'm doing while I'm here. Cause I was taking so many credits cause I had transferred in. So not all my credits transferred in. Mm-hmm. So I was taking all these credits. I was like trying to still figure out what exactly I wanted to do. If it was going to be radio or not. Like, I don't know. I'm still figuring everything out. So I got so mad. And I was like, you don't even know what you're talking about. And like stormed out left, like didn't even say goodbye to anybody. Like such a bitchy move. <laughs> oh <laughs> but my God. <laughs> I went back to my dorm and I grabbed my laptop and I typed up a resume like my first resume ever in my life, typed up a whole resume, typed up a whole cover letter because I found out that Elvis Duran in the morning show still was looking for interns. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm never going to get this, but let me apply for it and just kind of have something to prove to my dad. Like I'm applying for internships, get off my fucking back. (laughs) So so I typed up this whole resume, my whole cover letter. I apply, not thinking I'm ever going to get it. And I closed my laptop because I'm like, that's enough for today. And I just took a nap. I got a phone call. Well, no, I got an email like three days later from Elvester in the morning show of them saying, hey, we'd really love to interview you. And I was like, there's absolutely no way that this is real. Because like, I don't have that much experience. And like, I don't know why the hell they would interview me. And this is the first time I'm even writing like a cover letter or anything. There's got to be mistakes in that cover letter. Like I'm just literally everything that, every way that I could bash myself, I essentially did. Cause I was like, there's no way that this is real. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I would, I would love to, this is my availability. Right. And I don't hear back for a week. And at that point, all my friends are like, you need to email them again. Like maybe it just slipped through the cracks, something like that. Like you got to email them again. So I email them again and I'm like, hey, you wanted to interview me, but I haven't heard back in a week. Um, Do you still have like any availability? And that's when David Brody, who is the executive producer at Elvis, had personally reached out to me and was like, I am so sorry. My interns, like this slipped through the cracks. I have this one last um, interview available. It's this day at this time. Can you come? You'll be my last interview for this round of interns. And I was like, yeah, no problem. Like I skipped my class that day and everything and like went to this interview. It was like two hours long where we just talked about everything and anything. 
again, I even more so was like, I'm definitely not getting this internship. I'm the last one that he's interviewing. He's 100% just interviewing me because he feels bad that they messed up and they Mm -hmm. didn't schedule me. But I was like, whatever, I'm going to go anyways. I'd be an idiot not to. So we have this entire conversation. Two hours later, he says to me like, hey, I know this is your first legitimate interview other than obviously interviewing for waitressing gigs and uh, working in retail and stuff, which like weren't real interviews. It was more like, hey, you know, so-and-so. So like, we're going to hire you. And that was like our interview. So it's like, I know this is like your first real interview. So like, the only thing I would say about that is this. And I thought, oh my God, where did I mess up? And he goes, welcome to the team. You're the first person that I'm hiring as an intern for this, this round of internships. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Give me real life. Like none of this can be real. I can't believe this is actually happening right now. And that's where I really, truly was like, yeah, radio is it. That's where I had my first time where I talked on air, on actual terrestrial radio airwaves and the adrenaline rush, the excitement, the just love for it was all right there, right away from the very start. And it was just like, oh my God, I love this so much. I'm obsessed with this. And I stuck around for two semesters. They asked me to come back. The second round that I did there, I was also a secretary for a law firm in New York City at this time. And I would go back and forth. So it was like, I was a secretary the one day, then I was interning the next day, secretary, interning, secretary, interning kind of thing. And the days that I would have to wake up, I would have to wake up at 2.30 in the morning because I would have to drive into New York City from New Jersey because I wasn't dorming anymore because it was summer at this point. But the days I was waking up at like 2.30 in the morning were my favorite days. And the days that I was going in to be a secretary were like miserable to me. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was like, I can't do this. I hate this. And that's when I really, really definitely knew because I had that contrast like that I could compare. And I was like, yeah, I have to do radio. Like, this is it. This is what I want to do. And then ever since then, it's been this wild ride of taking random jobs just to stay in the building. Like I worked for the iHeartRadio app at one point where I was a stream listener is what it was called. So like I had to listen to the iHeartRadio app all day long to kind of like schedule inconsistencies and listen to what uh, ads were playing and what weren't playing and which ones were getting cut, cut off and why and things like that, which ended up being like such a beneficial thing for me. It was such a dumb job. Like it was the dumbest job ever, but I got to listen to radio all day. All day I was listening to radio for eight hours a day. I was listening to radio in all these different places across the country. So like I learned so much just from listening. I was also a writer for Dr. Dave's ultimate prep, which is a prep service um, that we actually like use still, you know what I mean? So I Mm -hmm. wrote for them and edited for them for years. I did overnights for them. I had so many odds and ends jobs until I finally like got my on-air gig with Zach Sang in LA. And that was mostly because I started my podcast, 20 Somethings Doing Nothing. And I did that because I wasn't getting the opportunities that I wanted on air because I didn't have the experience that these places wanted. So I was like, well, screw it. I'm going to make my own experiences and created my podcast. And it ended up being something that Elvis loved. So it became part of his umbrella of podcasts, um, which was really, really amazing and really cool. I got to watch this thing that I started grow into this insane entity that I never expected it to be um and that helped me get my job at Zach Sang show and then now in Nashville so it's been a lot I've been moving around a lot I've done so many different random jobs in radio like 
everything and anything you can imagine I've tried at least once at this point. And how long have you been going? Since like from when I interned? Yeah. So my internship was 2014. Yeah. Oh my God. So what is that? Like eight years? Eight years. Yeah. Oh my years. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> no, that's so cool. I honestly like you give off such like 40 year old vibes, <laughs> but like the energy, like when you talk to you about like just regular stuff, it's like, oh no, she's like 14 in a 40 year old body is like what the vibes are. So it's amazing. Um, which is why I wanted to ask because I didn't honestly know how old you were. Yeah. So I'm 30. So, <laughs> oh my God, you're 30. I, I'm no 30. Way. Okay. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. My math wasn't mathing. You are 30. I totally thought you were like 23. <laughs> I look so young. Everybody always says like, oh, you're 18. And I'm like, no, like the amount of times that I get like double carded at, <laughs> at Mars is outrageous. And I'm like, bro, I've been drinking for years, like legally. Oh, <laughs> illegally my. even longer, but like legally I've been drinking for years, sir. Like, I swear I'm 30. 30. I, okay. Yes. But you're also like petite, but. Oh yeah. I'm 4'11". So that does not help my case. Right, you're, you're, you're short, but you're <laughs> powerful and short. So like, it's okay. It's fine. Which is where I get the vibes from. I totally thought you were like 23 or 24 though, just because like, I know you've done so much. Um but you look young. I, cause I'm 24. So like when I think about like, I look young, but I am young. So I was like, she looks young. So she must be young. No. Yeah. No, you're, I'm 30 girl. And I feel it every day. <laughs> 30 is not every even day. old. 30. It's not old, but like, I feel it when it comes to like waking up early and like not getting enough sleep now. Cause I used to, I used to have to wake up, like I said, at two 30 in the morning, but like I would go out the night before. And I'd be out till basically like 2.30 in the morning and then go to work and be totally fine. I'm like, yeah, no problem. If the nights that I do that now, because I just don't learn lessons very well. Um, the nights that I do that now, I'm like, I am hurting. I'm like, yeah. I am seeing sounds right now. Like I can't, <laughs> everything hurts. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Different vibe. So what <laughs> advice would you give somebody either in college and or just getting started in radio? Oh, wow. Um, so a few things. I would say radio is so different now than it was even when I started, like eight years ago. Um, you really got to love this industry to do it. Like you really got to love it. You have to accept the fact that there's going to be so much heartbreak attached to this. Like the amount of times that radio broke my heart I can't even add up for you and like it's to a point where if radio were a relationship like a ro romantic relationship and my friend was in this romantic relationship I'd be like girl you are dumb as hell leave like you got to get out this is clearly not working for you and like you gotta go but I keep coming back because I love it and it's what fulfills me. But if it doesn't fulfill you in that way, then don't do it. Like you have to be willing to take the random odds and ends jobs and work your ass off and at times have three or four jobs, unfortunately, when you're starting and 
just know that that's part of the gig really. Cause that's what I was doing. I was working multiple jobs. I was doing my podcast. I was working other jobs outside of radio to make money. I was taking jobs in radio that I wasn't getting paid for. You know what I mean? Just to do it so that I can learn something. And it was really hard. It's really hard. There's not, there's not a day that goes by where I don't, have a conversation with myself about, cause I have imposter syndrome, like very bad imposter syndrome. And I have to constantly be like, you worked so hard for this, like, and you're still working so hard for this. So you do deserve it. And I have to consistently keep telling myself that because it was, it was hard. It wasn't easy. It wasn't like, it just like fell into my lap. It, it was a lot of work and a lot of just depressing moments, like sad moments, a lot of no's, a lot of people saying like, oh, you're so talented and you're so great and you're so this, but no. Or you, um, you'll you be great for the show. We'd love to fly you out here to audition you. And then you fly out, you audition, you think you killed it, you hear you killed it. And then they hire somebody else who is an Instagram model who didn't do anything in radio. And they didn't tell you that they hired somebody else. They just posted about it on social media. And then you found out that way. That was a real story that literally happened to me. It sounded like, like trauma. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like you just need to know that things like that are going to happen and you have to be strong enough and love this enough to just keep going. That would be like my advice is like, if you know that you can't handle that or you don't love it that much, don't do it. If you're trying to do it for like the fame or the money, oh, <laughs> there ain't no. none of that. No, honey. No, 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 no. There's none of that. There, I, eight years I've been doing this and mm-hmm. I'm getting paid less then I was getting paid from when I started doing like writing for Dr. Dave. So like, there's no telling. You don't go into radio for the money. No. And, Mm -hmm. and I work seven days a week, crazy hours. Like I'm constantly working and there are Starbucks baristas that get paid more than I do. Oh my God. (laughs) So like, you got to really love this shit and you have to understand too, the difference of like, like for instance, me being here and taking the money that I took, I did that because I knew that there was going to be more opportunity for me. And I was okay accepting less pay, getting more opportunity. So I get to do things that I didn't get to do at jobs that paid me more. Like I got paid more in LA, but I'm having more opportunities here doing things that I never got to do in LA. So like, that's also a balance that you have to deal with, which I think happens in every industry. I don't know for sure. I've only really ever worked in radio, but I think that happens in every industry where it's kind of like a give and take of where can I benefit myself and my growth mm-hmm. and not just the money that I'm going to make kind of deal. Yeah. Um, those are going to be a lot of situations that you're going to face in radio, but also know your worth at the same time, you know, like don't, don't do just anything for free. Like there are so many things that I look back on and I'm like, I should have never done that for free. <laughs> I yeah. totally oh, yes. that person for this. <laughs> I should not have done this for like this little pay, but it did help me get to where I am. And I don't take that for granted, but like you live and you learn, right? Like yeah. I look back and there's so many times that I'm like, no, that was stupid. <laughs> so weigh your options. No, this is hard you're going to love it more than it's going to love you. And you need to accept that. And if you can, then this is great for you. You'll kill it. If you can't accept that, it's going to crush you, crush you. And I have so many friends who did get crushed by radio. Yeah. So many very early on too. 
I call these rapid questions and they're not actually rapid questions. It's just ironic at this point. So <laughs> I'm going to ask you these and then you just give me an answer. Okay. Who was your first celeb crush? Ooh, my first celeb crush. <laughs> um, I want to say actor-wise, it was Vin Diesel. I was obsessed with Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah, I loved Vin Diesel. I loved him so much. Like, obsessed. I was so obsessed with him, though, when I was younger. Oh, my God, I loved him. He was, like, so thick. And for whatever reason, I'm, like, that bald head. Yes, love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was my first real celeb crush. Uh, most embarrassing moment, but, like, actually embarrassing. I want to say, okay, so one time that I was actually embarrassed was when I was younger uh, in high school. And... I had a crush on my best friend's older brother. Like I thought he was the cutest thing ever. And we had just like graduated high school. So I was like, Ooh, like maybe now there's a chance that I could date him or something. Right. So we also always hung out. We were like very close friends, but this one day I didn't realize it's a classic girl story too. I was wearing very light colored pants, like yellow pants. And I was like laying down. You already know exactly where this is going, Kira. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was laying down <laughs> on my stomach, like reading a book and being like, you know, super like flirty kind of thing with him, not realizing that I had bled through my pants because I had my period. So here I am thinking that I'm looking oh. so like sexy and I'm flirting with him. Meanwhile, I absolutely did not look sexy in that moment whatsoever. Whenever Classic somebody says, whenever, whenever somebody says it's a girl story and, or I was wearing light colored pants, it never yeah. ends well. <laughs> yeah. It was real bad. It was real bad. It's something that like, I think about randomly, like a night I can't sleep. And I'm just like, oh, remember that time you were like really embarrassed yourself <laughs> thinking you were so sexy and you just had period blood all over you and you had oh, no, no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's a struggle though, because we never know when it's going to start. So then you know, it just ruins the moment. Oh my God, that's awful. That's it was awful. really awful. I can relate, you know? And like now, I'm like, if I bled through my pants, I'd be like, grow up. Like, I'm 30. It's a period. Like, what are you going to do about it? But like, in that moment, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that this just, like, and I didn't realize for, I don't even know, two hours. Like, oh my two God, hours. two hours. Yeah. Like, and then I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that I didn't even realize, like, didn't even notice nothing, nothing. It was bad. Oh, can you do an impression of anyone or anything? <laughs> I was so bad at impressions. I cannot do any impressions whatsoever. <laughs> like, so that actually used to be a running bit with my friends of them trying to get me to do things. Cause I use the same voice for like everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like, you're just your normal voice? <laughs> not my normal voice but I always give everybody like this dumb voice where it's like a snooty voice like oh like I went to the mall and I peed myself like for whatever reason that's always the voice that I give everybody and it's not what anyone sounds like nobody sounds like that nobody sounds like that <laughs> I for the life of me Oh my God. That is incredible. That is incredible. I, uh, when I asked the funniest so far, when I ask this is from, um, Carla Marie and Anthony, 
Anthony uh, my besties. Tried to do, your besties, yes. Uh, Anthony tried to do a dog. Oh my god. Didn't it was, it was not good. It was not good. And Color Marie tried to do a few different animals and I love them. <laughs> <laughs> she should have done she does Christmas Carol and she should have done that voice. Do you know Christmas Carol? She does this for like her shows. Christmas Carol? Like uh Scrooge? So she calls herself Christmas Carol and she like has this voice for herself that's like this older woman's like, oh, look, it's Christmas, like kind of voice. And she should have done that. That's like her best impression. It's Christmas Carol. Oh, I I am going to ask her about this. I, I don't honestly think she thought about it because I think it was it was a long, long time ago. So I don't even think it was on her mind. But I need to have this. I need to have this. That is so, it's so funny. funny. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. Okay. So what song is stuck in your head right now? Ooh. Um, it's the Megan Trainer song. I made you look or whatever. Oh, yes, that song is like all over TikTok. So, yes. And I can't get it out of my head because we're also playing it on the radio. So I'm like, I can't escape this song. I love it. But I love Megan Trainer. She's like one of those people that I feel like she would just be everybody's instant best friend. She is amazing. And I got to meet her when I was at Zach Sang and they interviewed her. This is actually a funny story. So I'll say it quick, though. So when I was at Zach Sang, when I first got there, I wasn't doing any of the interviews. Um, but I was always in the room for them. So she had actually called him out and was like, why don't you let her do the interviews too? Like, why isn't she allowed to talk? And he just like stood there and was like, um, she's going to eventually, like she just got here. And she was like, I waited the entire time for her to ask me a question. And I was like, <laughs> like she just flat out was like, give this her oh talk time. So like Megan Trader is forever and always one of my favorite human beings on the planet. Cause I just like, loved that she was like it's two dudes and this girl should also be talking and I was like I love you you don't even know me but I'm obsessed with you that is so sweet yeah I love that I love that so much yeah she seems so awesome and she (laughs) there there's like a certain power like an, an admirable power to making your own song go viral on TikTok oh yeah yeah like, she did it herself. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, like, she created the dance with her friends, put it on TikTok, and made it go viral. Like, that's, there's it. just, I love that. I love that for her. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. so happy you asked me to be on here. Of course. I'm so happy you said yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will come on anytime you want. Anytime. Oh, I appreciate that. Where can people find you on socials? At that chick Ricky, R-I-C-K-I, on everything. Made it really easy. 